There's a roller to the right side, to his right as Hosmer diving stop. He'll throw to second. It's late. It gets away from Abrams. Rojas dives home. D-backs win. The D-backs walk it off seven to six on the most bizarre infield drownout you can ever see. The Las Vegas Journal Review. And Guriel hits it pretty deep to left field. Going back on it is Canna at the wall. Looking up. See you later. Yuli Guriel goes yard for the sixth time this year. And it is nine to nothing Astros. Press box transition. I don't know how many men are out there now that have had a massage that perhaps occasionally there was a happy ending. All right? Maybe there's nobody in your listening audience that that ever happened to. I do want to point out, if it has happened, it's not a crime. just crushed my dreams. Boom. Sadness. That's the one. How about how the Padres lost last night? Did you see that? Uh, I was following it. What a shame. I felt bad for them. Up <laughs> 6-0. And uh, yeah, that was a complete disaster by them. The, Ke- kept, the, kept the lead at one and a half. Blew a six-run lead yeah. and the winning run scored on a ground ball to the first baseman who threw to second with two outs to try to get the final out. But like threw it to where the shortstop had to catch it through the runner and the ball got knocked out of his glove and that allowed the game winning run to score. Yeah. Like nightmare ending for the totally ugly. There. That yeah. was a shame. Good job. Good job. Ed. They're not going um, away. They're not going well, away. Somebody can't beat the Rockies. So, Oh, it's just, know. I mean, is that the weirdest thing? I, I just, I just think it's crazy. Like they hey, go into Atlanta. I got a plan for nine forty five. I'm back. Right. You, right. you know what 945 is during Dodger season. Okay. All right. I just think it's it's just crazy. We, they, you play we so well in some teams. To start the show, does Major League Baseball want the A's to move to Vegas? We got some responses on Twitter. Jack says, mostly no. If the team completely rebranded the name and colors to become a new team, locals may be more interested. But that won't happen. Uh do you think locals would be interested if it was just the Las Vegas A's? I mean, I think some would. Yeah, I think there's baseball fans here. I don't want to say no one would go. It's it's new. Uh, you know, they'd go to see the ballpark. It's almost like, what was the, uh, what am I thinking in terms of the first year they came for the, um, they came for the, it was the Allegiant Stadium, and a lot of people came just to see it. Uh, you know, so they went to UNLV games. It was a lot cheaper, but they wanted to see the building. My wife was one of those people. She wanted to be in there. Uh, so you could get that the first year, and then obviously the product's going to have to be good no matter what. you got to win at some point, which to uh, you and I is one of the biggest questions. Would John Fisher even spend money to get good players? But, yeah, I think there'd be support early. I think to go into a new ballpark and see what it looks like, and there might be even non-baseball fans. Like I said, my wife you know, is not the biggest sports fan, but she wanted to see that stadium, so she went. I'm curious to see with the Golden Knights, what does the fan base and attendance look like five years from now? Like, obviously, they took over this town. It was, they were the thing in Las Vegas, and they were really good. I'm curious what happens when we get the newness effect is worn off, and what happens when they have a few bad seasons. Like, is this town still going to have ridiculously good support for the Golden Knights? Because we all talk about, oh, look how great of a sports town Las Vegas has been. Golden Knights, the support has been incredible. The Raiders are now here. Like, But what happens five years from now with the hockey in Las Vegas? Like, Is it actually going to be this good or close to this good 
forever? Or are we going to have a massive drop-off like we saw with UNLV basketball if the team's not good for an extended period of time? That I'm, I'm fascinated to see because I think if you're the NBA or Major League Baseball and even Major League Soccer, I think that's something you kind of have to be a little concerned about. Like, yes, the Golden Knights were incredibly popular from the get-go, but was that simply because they were the first pro sports team and they won immediately? I think And both. what happens if you put a baseball team here yeah. and you're following the NFL, you're following the NHL, and you go 71 wins in year one? Yeah, that's where I think it goes back to eventually you have to win. I think both in the Golden Knights that they won right away, they were the first team in, you had the whole shooting and how they responded to the town. It was, you know, kind of that storm where everything came together, why the fan base fell in love with them. Now, five years now, have they won a cup? Are they still winning? Uh, is McCrimmon still firing coaches? He is on his eighth coach. Um, we're, we're, we're not sure about that. But you make a good point. If they win 70 games, eventually that's going to get old and people won't support it. Um, but I do think they would in the beginning. I think with a brand new building and a new team coming into town, I'm not saying it'd be like the Golden Knights. I don't think it'd be like that for sure. But I think there'd be some level of support that first season. So we asked, does MLB want the A's to move to Vegas? Uh, Michael said three things. A, a way to get more money out of Oakland. B, okay. set up for the next team to get more money from their hometown government. And C, a path for the Angels to come to Sin City. Already selling the team? The Angels? Is he moving what? the team? They, they'll be needing a new ballpark soon, won't they? Oh, definitely. They definitely need yeah. one of those. They're going to use us in five years just like the A's are and end up not coming. So that'd be interesting. Five years oh, from now, the A's stay. They come now with Otani and Trout. Well, they saw, oh. but yeah. God, that'd be awesome. <laughs> and Phil Nevin, the lunatics, spending yeah. 10 games for the brawl. Uh, Dante said, good morning. And yes, he does think they want them here. Uh, Lou said, hell no. The ownership group are some of the worst in all of sports. They are cheap, cheap, cheap. Vegas won't support mediocrity. Okay. So, is Lou uh, saying, hell no, he doesn't want them? Or Lou saying, hell no I, to the question? I'm not I sure. I think he's sure saying, hell no, he doesn't right. want them. I think that's yeah, right. I think, I think right. so, is what's happening there. So, yeah, first bite. If you missed that uh, first hour of the show in podcast form at lvsportsnetwork.com, talked a lot about the A's and the potential of them coming to Las Vegas since they might waive the relocation fee. Now, some important baseball topics. First off, our favorite story of the year, Jock Peterson, Tommy Pham, and the Fantasy Football League that made us all very happy. Um, Chris Rose had two Braves pitchers, Tyler Matzik and Josh Tomlinson, on his show, and he asked him about this. And apparently last season, when Jock Peterson got traded to the Braves, Everyone in the, on the Braves knew about this fantasy football league and knew about Tommy Pham being mad at Jock Peterson because when the Braves went to San Diego late in the season, according to Tyler Matzik and Josh Tomlinson, Jock Peterson refused to leave the clubhouse <laughs> until the game started. He did batting <laughs> practice in the batting cage, did not go out on the field because he apparently – knew Tommy Pham was mad and might come confront him and slap him. Oh. So Jock Peterson knew this was a possibility as far back as last fall. This is beautiful. This this story never ends, by the way. It just That's gets incredible. better and better. 
I love that. Uh, the thirty Matt's for thirty is going to yes, be amazing. It's gonna be massive. <laughs> it's gonna be longer than the uh, Michael Jordan one, and it's gonna be juicier. It's gonna be better. I love that Matzik and Tomlinson ever actually talked about this. Right, and so, and that's the other part of this that I find fascinating. They're basically like the entire Braves team knew about it. Everybody on the Braves knew about this fantasy football league. That Fam was mad at Jock Peterson, and so I'm I'm curious because what we know. There were members of the Padres, obviously. Mike Trout with the Angels was the commissioner. Alex Bregman with the Astros won the league. We've got at least four teams here that had a member of their team in this league. Was this just like known league-wide that Tommy Pham wanted to slap the hell out of Jock Peterson? I bet Tommy Pham told people that. (laughs) (laughs) I bet bet he he knew it in every clubhouse. Um, This, I mean... What were there, 12 members I read? I mean, for everyone in baseball to know about this, did they just go around asking everyone, hey, do you want to be in our league? I mean, how do how did everyone know about this weird fantasy football league? And there's no way, I mean, unless I'm wrong here, and I don't think I am, there's no way this was the only fantasy football league in all of, in all of that sport. I mean, no, a, not at all. There's so many people that play fantasy football. So why did everyone know about this league, and why did everyone know that well, Tommy Pham's a nut job who wanted to slap some? Well, they know he's a nut job to begin right. with. It's the only one that had somebody complain about somebody using the IR spot. <laughs> Nobody else complained about that, so their fantasy league isn't interesting. It's and he, oh, here was the other detail that Tyler Matzik and Josh Tomlinson of the Braves gave that um, Jock Peterson. So last year was afraid to go out because he thought Tommy Pham would slap him. This year, when Peterson and Pham played against each other, Peterson obviously was on the field. That's how he got slapped. They said that Peterson thought. Because Tommy Pham had left the league and because, you know, seven months had gone by that he would have been over it. But Tommy Pham sure as hell was not no, over he was it not and over still it. slapped him. I wonder if he's lucky he only got away with a slap. <laughs> I mean, if you're if you're taking batting practice indoors and you refuse to leave the clubhouse until the game starts, you might be thinking like a punch or something, right? I mean, he might have been he might have got a slap and said, Okay, that's it. I shouldn't have, I should have left the clubhouse. It's so good. It's so I good. Mean, Refusing to leave the clubhouse. That is beautiful. He was he was intimidated by Tommy Pham into not into taking going onto the a field. batting to, to taking swings in the cage underneath. Yeah. To not going on the field before playing a game. And to be honest, Ed, now I'm even more disappointed the Padres missed the playoffs last year. Because if we had gotten a Braves Padres oh. playoff series, can you imagine Tommy Pham slapping Jock Peterson before like game one of the NLDS? <laughs> I would have been great. Jock would have been all flustered. <laughs> Braves might have never won the Braves might have never That's won the right. pennant. They might have never won the World Series. <laughs> Jock Peterson went off in the postseason because the Padres were eliminated, and he no longer had to worry about Tommy Pham slapping him. <laughs> what a stupid story! It's so great, stupid and, but great. And like you said, the fact that so many people will talk about it is yeah is excellent. Oh, Although I feel like we, we we're still, getting more details as it goes along. Right. We still there's got to be more here. We got to get more stories about this fantasy football league. Like in all seriousness, I kind of want updates on this league throughout this season. I know Tommy Pham's gone, but like I want like somehow bottom line of Sports Center, Jock Peterson places his running back on IR yes. spot. <laughs> Alex Bregman reportedly okay with the move. There's no way ridiculous. Trout's going to be the commissioner. <laughs> he wants nothing to do with this. All the nonsense well, that's come Pham's of that. Gone. Tommy Pham's gone. It's got to be an I mean, easy league to be the commissioner of now. <laughs> Trout's, Trout seems like the kind of guy who wants like low maintenance in terms of stuff like that. And they ask him to be commissioner again. Jock should be the commissioner when Tommy Pham leaves. He want, he, 
he he can say he won the battle if he if he's the commissioner and Tommy Pham has left the did league. He, did he win the? Battle? Well, he could he say he did. He could say he did because he he's the commissioner the and, and he got the one guy out of the league. <laughs> oh man, I do want to know what league Tommy Pham plays in this year. I don't know. If, would you let him in your league? I'd be scared of the guy. Uh, what if you, what if you actually made a move that actually counted, but he didn't like it? You are sending Tommy Pham a copy of the rules and making him sign the bottom of them. Yes, and you're saying, you're highlighting not, the stuff about IR. Right. I will not slap anyone if they abide by these rules. And then you just nope, Tommy. This is you. You agreed. You sign this piece of paper. The IR is legal. Tough. You're gonna have to deal with it. All right. Coming up next, Sam and Ash join the show. But I think a lot of people think if they didn't have a quarterback for the next year, would, would there be any chance of reconciliation there? No, I, I think for that to happen, there would have to be some reaching out. But uh, we're, we're ready to move on, I think, on both sides. Call Sam at Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit their website, samandashlaw.com. Sam and Ash, because you deserve what's right. Ash is with us today, and only Ash, because... Today is Sam's birthday? It is. Happy birthday, Sammy. I know. It's like an international holiday. So if people aren't in the office, that's why. (laughs) They're all Uh, celebrating. Did Rocky get Sam anything for his birthday? No, but he's petitioning our office right now to get Sam a giant six-foot blow-up doll of a dachshund dressed as Uncle Sam for 4th of July. All right. You had us worried there, but then you went to the dachshund, so we're okay. <laughs> you didn't know where the six-foot log no, was going? I didn't know where you were going with that. A little worrisome there. Um, all right, we have some Deshaun Watson questions for you because this is uh, quite the drawn-out process. So the Houston Texans are now being sued. Uh, basically, the claim here is that they enabled Deshaun Watson to sexually assault some of these massage therapists. The uh, main details here are that the Houston Texans actually provided Deshaun Watson with a uh, non-disclosure agreement that he could take to massage therapists and have them sign. Hey, you won't talk about this, whatever. But also that they provided him with a room at a hotel and spa in Houston that he would take some of these unlicensed massage therapists to to get a massage. So I guess my main question is how do you, do they have to prove that the Houston Texans knew exactly what Deshaun Watson was doing during these massages to win this case? That makes it a lot easier for them to win. If they can prove, look, allegations have been made about Deshaun Watson uh, sexually assaulting massage therapists, and the Texans were aware of those allegations, and they still provided the NDA, the massage room, uh, hotel room, massage table, et cetera, that's bad for the Texans, and that makes a slam dunk case for them. Uh, I don't know if they're going to be able to prove it. The allegations I've seen are pretty vague, and truly, you do have to prove that the Texans knew or should have known. They can't put their head in the sand and ignore all these glaring signs of allegations. What specific evidence do they need to provide? Well, if it, look, I mean, in the digital age, you got you have text messages, you have emails, you'll have tweets, you'll have everything that out there that c- creates a footprint or a trail that would 
you know, tip off the Texans that, hey, they've got a quarterback that's being accused of some very serious allegations. We need to, one, take steps to address it, two, not do anything to enable it or allow it to occur. I mean, so that's going to be difficult. So another one of the details is that the, the Texans have a um, massage company that they like contract, that if their players want massages, they can go through this company. Somebody from that company apparently told the Texans, hey, we know Deshaun Watson is getting massages outside of us. And it was during the pandemic. And I believe that their main concern was he could catch COVID because he's meeting random people or whatever. I don't believe that they said anything about knowing sexual assault or whatever. So is there like, is there a difference there where it's just like, Hey, it's weird. He's getting so many massages. We're aware he's getting so many massages, but we don't know what's happening. Like, is that enough for them to win this case against the Texans? Or is that just, Hey, it was weird, but we didn't know about sexual assault. <laughs> so I, one, you know, the, the reality is, look, if you get a massage and someone does a good job, you usually keep that person right? I mean, that's the nature of what these professional athletes do. And here, Deshaun Watson had like 60 some different massage therapists. That alone is odd. And someone should have stepped in and said, hey, what are you doing? This not only exposes you to COVID, it exposes you to a lot of different people, allegations, whatever. Even if you're not doing anything wrong, you're a high profile guy. And this just is an exposure you should consider taking. And that's exactly why the team would contract with a specific company to ensure that protection. Um, but that wouldn't be enough. Those, those communications wouldn't be enough, in my opinion. Is this just civilly and they'd have to pay a big fee? Yeah, that's the reason this is happening, guys. Look, Deshaun Watson settled with most of the accusers uh, per individually. So now they're going, this accuser's going after a bigger pocket. The Houston Texans as an organization have more money to pay a settlement than Deshaun Watson, even though he's a millionaire. You know, his money is not all guaranteed, not all in the bank, et cetera. But the Texans, that's an organization that can has different risk factors when they're assessing these types of lawsuits. So they will likely pay. I know this isn't like in the court of law, but the NFL's having their own hearings to determine the uh, suspension length here yeah. for Deshaun Watson. Um, how much do you think it matters the basically like the public opinion or the public attention that this has gotten, that this is maybe the most public attention any off field incident has gotten in the NFL. Like how much does that matter? Do you think when the NFL actually decides what their suspension length is going to be? Well, so this is actually fascinating. I was reading about this. The NFL and the Players Association agreed to basically a third party neutral to make the original, the initial decision. Then either side can appeal, but the appeal goes to the commissioner. And so there's indications that the NFL's kind of sandbagging it, say, well, if the woman comes out and says a six to eight game suspension, we'll accept that. We don't want to do the long trial of appealing the process. But realistically, I think the alternative is if the neutral does not punish him at all, says, look, with the evidence here, there's nothing I can go forward with any game suspension at all. Now the NFL has no right to appeal. So this is actually really fascinating, but you're 100% right. Public opinion plays a lot into this with the NFL. And I think the NFL ultimately wants uh, uh, the commissioner, Roger Goodell, to be making the decision. I think they want that year or bust. 
Uh, big commander's only Danny Snyder, we know him well, <laughs> has guy. refused a subpoena to appear before the House Oversight and Reform Committee, which is investigating the NFL's handling uh, of sexual harassment and workplace conduct with uh, Snyder's team. Take us through real quick. Um, I always wonder about this. His lawyer said he was out of the day they wanted to subpoena him. His lawyer said he was out of the country, but they said that Mr. Snyder's lawyer has provided alternative dates to the committee and looks forward to finding a path forward with his cooperation. Subpoenas. Um, take us through. I think people know they're just served with them, but take us through the process of how long you can you can I guess delay a subpoena if you want to. Well, realistically, the the most common way of getting a subpoena served is personal service. That means right. someone walks up to you and hands you a document and says you've been served. That's the most traditional and known way. But with professionals and entities that have lawyers, they have people designated to accept service on your behalf. And so, you know, like Rocky, Ed, if you were going to sue Rocky, he wouldn't accept service. You would call up his lawyer and say, (laughs) hey, will you accept service against your client? I know his lawyer. Yeah. (laughs) And in certain instances, the lawyer can't accept service. If they're out of town, that's one reason that you wouldn't do it because they can't represent their client for that hearing. Um, so what's really going on is I, I see this as a PR move. They're trying to pressure Dan Snyder into looking one bad already before the committee even gets to talk to him, which isn't hard to do. Um, and then also just try and get him before the committee ASAP. Am I wrong for, am I like an idiot for thinking you can't just refuse a subpoena? Like, why did that headline catch me off guard? I feel like if that, if you get subpoenaed, you, Everything else you're doing kind of gets dropped because, oh, you've got to go do this. Oh, exactly. Because they're not trying to do it personally. It's not personally served on Dan Snyder. They they emailed his lawyer and said, hey, will you accept service of this on behalf of Dan? And the lawyer said, I can't. I'm out of the country when you want him to appear. So here's some alternative dates. So in that sense, the lawyer simply didn't agree to accommodate their request. Can you refuse to accept it on a no, basis of no. not to accept, but can you refuse? Just I'm never showing up. Well, then that's a problem. <laughs> okay, get, that's when that's when you get Contempt real legal of issues. Of Congress guys. is a crime. <laughs> yeah. Ed, I highly advise if you get served with a subpoena for Congress, show up. <laughs> um, last story: uh, Brittany Griner still in Russia. There's a trial that is expected to start soon um she could face up to 10 years in prison in russia for what was it having a vape in the russian airport while she was trying to come home i'm curious there's been a lot of talk about prisoner swap and all that can the united states basically do a prisoner swap if russia agrees obviously before this trial ends like could they just do it tomorrow if they found common terms with russia that they agreed on and and basically not have the trial go through yeah it's international relations i mean that's what these little peace brokerages happen all the time and so i think we read headlines maybe about a month ago that there was someone the the russians had their eye on that they wanted back and so yeah basically our countries are playing a giant game of red rover 
Um, and so it's really sad because a lot of this happens behind closed doors. We don't know what steps our government is or is not taking. Um, and I, that's always the hardest thing for people to understand. And we always talk about that in our law firm. You have to let people know what's going on as much as possible with your clients. You can't be in the dark. When people are in the dark, that's when it gets so frustrating and, and you don't know what's happening and you start to think the worst. So look, I'm trying to be very optimistic in what our government's doing to, to effectuate getting her back home. I, I don't have any faith in the Russian justice system, but I, I hope we'll get her back soon. Speaking of that, how, how specifically are trials different Oh, you know, I haven't really looked into it other than I saw a statistic that 99% of charges are all result in convictions. So that's a a very high stat, guys. And that just tells you it's really not a fair system. So if the trial goes through and there's no swap, she's probably going to get convicted and, and be, you know, sentenced to 10 years in Russian jail? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I would predict. And I, it's not... It's not optimistic, but that's how it is likely going to play out. If there is no diplomatic agreement that's reached, she's going to go through a trial. She will be found uh, guilty of it, and then she'll get the maximum punishment. I mean, just think about where our countries are. I, I have no expectation of less. Well, she is Ash from Sam and Ash Law. Um, <laughs> tell Sam happy birthday. Yeah, happy birthday to Sammy. To him today. I will, guys. Appreciate I will. It. I'll tell him you missed him. Yeah, oh, we, we did. did very much so. <laughs> SamandAshLaw.com, 702-820-1234. Thanks, Ash. We Thanks, Ash. Thanks, Thank Ash. you, guys. Take care. So there you go. Ten years. that on a depressing what? note? Wait, what did she say, 99%? Yeah, that's a ridiculous amount. Uh, I mean, that's is that guilty until proven innocent? Yeah, point? I think so. I think so. Uh, Jared, do we have time to give away tickets during the break? Uh, sure. Which ones do you want to give uh, away? WWE Money in the Bank, Saturday, July 2nd in MGM Grand Garden Arena. You can buy tickets right now at AXS.com or win a pair from us. It's WWE Money in the Bank this Saturday at MGM Grand Garden. We got a pair of tickets for you, 702-364-1100. That's the phone number, 702-364-1100. Be caller number seven, and you'll win two tickets to WWE Money in the Bank. Bischoff's Briefs. How was the game? Not very good. Have you ever seen a good hockey game? No, me neither. I love sports. I just can't get next to hockey. Bischoff's Briefs. See, I think Americans like to savor situations. One down, bottom of the ninth. One run game, first and third. Left-handed batter, right-hand reliever. Infield, a double play depth. Here's the pitch. Bischoff's Briefs. What's going in hockey? It seems to come out of nowhere. The play-by-play guy is always shocked. Lepetier passes to Huckenchuck, who skates past the blue line. Huckenchuck, of course, was traded from Winnipeg for a case of Labatt after sitting out last season with, oh my God, he scores! Bischoff's Briefs. Bischoff's Briefs today. Taking a look at hockey. Make sure you stay tuned. In a few minutes, we're going to have tickets to NBA Summer League to give away. So stay tuned. First off, fun quote that we didn't get to from the Colorado Avalanche and Nathan McKinnon. Uh, this was with ES, uh, two ESPN. Nathan McKenna said, it's crazy how Tampa went back to back. I might get fat as bleep right now, so I don't know if we're going back to back, but I'm going to enjoy it for sure. <laughs> I love I the love idea that, 
that he's just going to get fat. Yep, we won one. I'm going to get fat now. This is phenomenal. Because that whole story is about Nathan McKinnon being insane and the high standard to which he holds himself and his teammates and how intense he is. And now that he's won a title, he's like, oh, time to fatten up. (laughs) I haven't had a donut in 10 years. Now I'm going to have one. It's great. They were making fun of like when he won, he was going to just have some rice cakes. Well, yeah. Oh, that's right. That would be adventurous for him. Yes. I don't think he's eaten anything for like a decade. which is like worse than Tom Brady's diet. But Bischoff's briefs today wants to point out something that I think is very, very important. The Colorado Avalanche won the Stanley Cup. Their two goalies that played in the postseason made a combined $6.5 million this season. Darcy Kemper made $4.5 million dollars he was the 19th highest paid goalie in the nhl their backup pavel francis who had to play some because of injury and because kemper got pulled a couple of times he made two million dollars this year tied for 41st highest in the nhl they let philip grubauer leave in free agency last offseason they let their starting goalie walk went to seattle because philip grubauer got a $5.9 million a year contract offer from the Kraken. And the Avalanche decided they were not going to pay Philip Grubauer 5.9. Instead, they spent a little bit more, 6.5, but they went and got two goalies for almost the same price that Grubauer would have cost them. And this is what it allowed Colorado to have on their roster. They had 11 skaters that made $3 million or more this season. To compare that to the Golden Knights, the Golden Knights had nine this past season, nine skaters that made at least $3 million. That doesn't sound like a big difference, nine to 11, but remember, the Golden Knights were $10 million over the salary cap if they had ever been fully healthy. Colorado, by not spending much on goaltending, was able to spend even more cap space on skaters than the team that was trying to cheat the salary cap with long-term IR this season. The Colorado Avalanche were dominant in the regular season. They were unbelievably dominant in the postseason. Their skaters were better than anybody else in the sport this year, and that led to them being awesome. And a lot of that has to do with not overpaying for a goalie. I believe this is the optimal way to build a roster in the NHL. You need to spend most of your money, more money on skaters than you think, less money on goaltenders. Find the average goalie in the NHL. I think, honestly, they pay too much. 6.5, make it 2.5 million for your two goalies. I think that's the optimal way to build a lineup in the NHL is to not spend money. You cannot hand out six seven eight nine ten million dollar contracts to goalies because it limits how good your actual skaters are and those guys are much more important to winning than just your goal so don't pay the meat bags don't pay the meat bags any of these meat bags can be good for four uh four series in the postseason so don't pay them ten million dollars that's a dumb thing to do i hope he gets fat by the way me too (laughs) be fun that'd be so fun he he's supposedly some complete nut job but i hope he gets fat um yeah i mean i 
I'm I'm with you on paying the skaters. I still think Darcy Kemper, though. You really think four point five was too much for him? I mean, four point five. In okay, less in, than uh, Leonard. He won the cup. Right in the market that NHL teams pay goalies. Right. No, that's no. perfectly reasonable. Nineteenth you have here. But I think you should be going to the extremes and not paying your goalies. I like. Right. I think you should be treating this position like the NFL treats running backs. I do not think you should be paying these guys. You should be going all in on your skaters and finding guys that can play that position at an average level for, you know, like Logan Thompson for a million bucks or less. Like, that's the ideal way. Now, the fear, though, is I understand why general managers, I understand why, because the fear is that you're going to get eliminated from the postseason or you might miss the postseason because your goalie's just atrocious. And so if you can give yourself a slightly better chance at not having an atrocious goalie, a lot of teams do it. But ultimately, I think that's a uh, misuse of your salary cap space because goalies kind of tend to be what their teams are more often than not. There are some exceptions, obviously, like Igor Shesterkin helped carry the Rangers. But for the most part, your goalie kind of is what your team is. And you can't really you're not going to win the Stanley Cup if your goalie is the best player and your skaters suck. It just is not going to happen. You've got to have really good skaters. So stop spending money so on you, your goalies. So you'd find a way to move on from Leonard and keep Logan Thompson 100%. and get, get someone as the yes. backup? Yes, I would. Logan Thompson would be my starter, and I would be trading. I'd be trading Leonard and Brossois. I mean, that's – Golden Knights, if – granted, they weren't healthy, and we, we don't know if they're healthy going into this year. But their plan last year was like, what is that, $7.3 between Leonard right. and Brossois. That's that's ridiculous because Brossois is not even any good. Like, if Leonard had gone down in the postseason, like, Brossois wasn't any good. So, that's to me, that's that's too much. You've got to be spending much less than that on your goaltenders. Would it be, do you need a backup, really? Or can you just you, say, hey, you, defenseman who gets scratched every week, we're giving the goalie a week off. I we we found some pads in the back. They say D Millard on them. Just put them <laughs> given, on. I think given how often the goalies get hurt, yes, you still want a backup. But your backup should be making seven dollars. I'm just remembering that half the teams in football were like, so we we're carrying a couple running backs. They're all cheap. We're not carrying a fullback, but we got a backup tight end. So we're just gonna put him back there. I also think you have to, by NHL rules, have two actual goalies. Yeah, one well, has to be sitting there with the hat on. Yeah, and then yeah. Darren Millard. Yeah, no. and then Darren Millard's the emergency backup. Not anymore. Crowd. He's the emergency goalie. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You. So every team should have their broadcaster be their backup yes. goalie. Yes. He doesn't go in the locker room during intermission because he's got to do the intermission show, but they just do it live from the bench. Didn't yeah, they have, I'm a, I'm didn't they have one with Mike McKenna? What? Wasn't he a goalie? Am I oh, yeah, that? yeah. McKenna was, yeah, absolutely. So and, I mean, Millard was people. not as high as a level as McKenna, but right. Millard was apparently good, good enough to be a practice goalie is what he was. Okay. But who knows? They'll tell you he's wrong. All right, we got more tickets to give away, this time to the Summer League. Four pack of tickets for any day at the NBA Summer League here at Thomas & Mack in Las Vegas. All 30 teams coming to Vegas. There are as many as eight games per day. July 7th through the 17th. We got four tickets for you right now. 702-364-1100 is the phone number. That's 702-364-1100. 
be caller number nine now to win a four-pack of tickets to the Summer League. And that one's hit down the left field line. It's got some carry to it, and it's going to be a home run. That just landed inside the foul pole and down that tunnel yet again for Gritchick. Rockies tied up. Sends one deep to left field. Going back is Lux. He's looking up. This one is gone. Nearly made the concourse. Elias Diaz is two for two. Rockies tack on. Five to two, Colorado. Bounce towards third. McMahon on the backhand. Long throw. Got him. Ball game. Dodgers get a run in the ninth, but the Rockies make it four straight wins over Los Angeles. And the Rockies beat Clayton Kershaw. Final score. Rockies seven. Dodgers four. You're locked in the press box. Congratulations to Michael. He is going to WWE. Uh, Jared, who won tickets to the Summer League? Greg. Greg won tickets to go to the NBA Summer League. Ed, why can't the Dodgers beat the Rockies? Can't pitch, man. Kershaw yesterday, yeah, terrible. Kershaw, no, no, no. Man, boy, he was terrible. You know, I think I think uh, Anderson's coming back to the fold a little uh, after his first start there uh, the other day. Um Gonsolin kind of remains consistent, but uh, you know, you know, I don't want to say this, Tyler, but they got a lot of injuries. Oh, lot of injuries. how many Daniel man Hudson, games lost, Ed? Uh, a lot. Daniel Hudson, uh, Mookie <laughs> Betts. Um, there's a lot of guys who are those guys hurt. So uh, that's all right. That's all right. It's a long season, Tyler. The only thing I'll tell you is the Padres, which is depressing me because I was talking to a Padre fan yesterday. He said, "What do you think? Are you afraid of the Padres?" And I said, yes, because I said this earlier in the show, they're just not going away this year. Like, you could always count on them in July going on, like, losing 8 of 9 and then just being out of it. No matter how that game came out last night with the Diamondbacks, they're not going to do that this year. They're going to get to the playoffs. And I mean, Tatis, they haven't had Tatis all year. Uh, I guess he had good results yesterday, and they're thinking late July, early August for him. I mean, yeah, I'm worried. I'm worried. Worried about the boys. Worried about the club. You're actually concerned they could get caught by the Padres this year. Oh, they could get caught by the Padres, but with the extra wild, they, they'll, they'll make the they'll, they'll be the last team in. They'll be the last team in. <laughs> the Dodgers? Yes, of course. They'll be the last team in. Ed, they're a game out from having the best record in the National League. I. It's not amazing. <laughs> You're the worst. Ed. It's not amazing. You're the worst. <laughs> so I was I. I sh- I was on vacation in Illinois and hanging out with a bunch of Cubs fans, and they were all complaining about how awful it's going to be that the Cardinals are going to go to the World Series without realizing, you know what it's going to be. It's going to be White Sox Cardinals in the World Series because that way we get to hear, man, isn't Tony La Russa a great guy? <laughs> Cardinals could get there. The, Cardinals are pretty good. Fortunately, the White Sox are awful and will not be there. Okay, Ed, how are you doing this? The Dodgers are, <laughs> let's see if I can do quick it's math just, here. I just don't think. The Dodgers I don't... are like four or five games ahead of the Cardinals. And you're like, ah, the Cardinals could go to the World Series. I mean, Series, I just don't think. The, over the I don't think their rotation. If you ask me right now, I don't think their rotation, if it stays like this, is good enough to get to the World Series. And that's honest. They can hit. The weird thing about them is, you know, if they ever, like they go to Cincinnati and score 8, 8, and 11. And everyone's hitting. And that's what everyone thought they'd be all year. They thought they had this incredible lineup and everyone would hit one through nine and be like, all right, they'll just outscore everybody. It doesn't matter who's pitching. 
But then they'll do things like the last two nights, get shut out in Colorado, which is almost impossible to do. And last night, scratch, you know, scratch out three or four runs. And the Padres are coming in for four starting, starting tomorrow night. And if they score eight or nine in two of the games, I won't be surprised. Like, they're totally inconsistent. Like, before the year, and Karras was talking about this last night, the over-the-top expectations of that offense, if they were all healthy, was crazy to begin with. But now that they've got guys hurt, Bellinger's Bellinger, hello, had to sit him last night. Sat him against uh, Freeland. Um, you're laughing again. Had to sit him. Uh, Muncy, you know, homer and double last night. He called, he called Doc Roberts, and he's like, tonight's Doc, not his night. Yeah. Put him down. Muncy, homer and a double, gets his average up to about six, uh, point six. So, uh, yeah, they just haven't had guys who are supposed to come through come through. So I, But it's mostly the rotation. I will tell you that. It's mostly the rotation. If you say they have to go and, like, do a best of seven against the Braves right now or the Mets, especially if the Mets get their pitching back, I don't think their rotation is good enough. And I'm being completely right. honest with you. How do you feel about these percentages from fan graphs? Dodgers have a 60% chance to win the division. The division? Yep. Okay. 60%. <laughs> Padres okay. at 31. Giants at five, at 9. Um, they have them in a 95% chance to make the playoffs. Yes, they'll make the playoffs. 12.6% uh, chance to win the World Series. That's not that high, though. Uh, it is tied for fourth highest, third highest, tied for third highest. All right. As much as I just said about the rotation, I thought if you were to tell me, oh, 30% chance or 35% chance, I would have thought that's crazy. But 12%? That's yeah, not that nobody, high. That's not that high. high. What are the Yankees, is, like 20-something percent? No, the Yankees are below now, 12.2%. To win the World Series? Yep. Who's number one? Well, obviously, the Houston Astros. Oh, Who no. else would be number oh, one? Oh, no. The Astros are only 14.4%. So it's all bunched up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's the, the Braves and Mets are both at 12 and 13% too. So, yeah, yeah it's all piled into one yeah. there. But, yeah. You should uh you should get the Dodgers in a crappy division like the AL West. Oh, man. I really enjoy how bad all these other teams are. That'd be great. Isn't Texas playing well enough? They were talking the other day about the extra wild card that they could have a shot. Are they playing um, that well? Th they are playing better. better. <laughs> uh, they are still under 500, but they are second place in the AL West. Okay. Uh, let's see. Fangraphs has the Rangers at a 7% chance to make the playoffs. Okay. That's not much. The, the problem in the American League for, like, the Rangers is that the Blue Jays, Red Sox, and Rays might win all three wildcard spots this year. Right. So the the AL East might put is probably going to put four teams in the postseason, Jeez. which is kind of crazy to think about. that Because right now, second place in the Central is the Guardians, and they're 37 and 34. Like, it's, it's one good division and, like, one other good team in the American League. Go Dodgers.